This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Welcome to the final ATP Tennis Radio podcast of 2019. I'm Seb Lozier, and as we round off what's been a wonderful year, we look ahead this time to what is the talk of the town. It's the brand new event on the ATP calendar. Ninety plus percent of the time we're playing as individuals, and we don't have too many team events. The ATP was bold to create their own event. I like that it's owned by players and I like that we have ranking points. It's the best way to kickstart the season. It's going to be a great success. competing for ourselves. Team events are special in tennis. Oh, wow. It's always an honor to play for a country. It's jaw-dropping stuff. I think the ATP Cup is going to be one of the most exciting events of the year. It was a bullet. There's something new coming to the world of tennis. The world's greatest players. 24 countries. 10 days. Three cities. This is the ATP Cup. Yes, the ATP Cup is all set to get underway with three Australian cities welcoming the world's finest players. Brisbane, Perth and Sydney will host what is the very start of the 2020 season. And Aussie great Leighton Hewitt cannot wait to captain Team Australia and get the whole show on the road. Something really special to start the season as well here in Australia, playing in three major capital cities here. But the biggest thing for me is the amount of players that are committed to play. And it's to kick it off right before the Australian Open, only a couple of weeks later. And refreshing like hearing the players talk about it, their countries, their nations, their team, rather than, than playing for themselves. Yeah, absolutely, because tennis can be a very individual sport for 10 or 11 months of the year. And, and the guys want to come around and be uh, teammates. They want to sacrifice and, and do everything together on the practice court as a team, off court as well with dinners and come together. And I think some of them are going to play some fantastic tennis in this environment. You pumped up? Yeah, fired up. Can't wait. It's going to be a massive start to the Australian summer of tennis. And it's all going to start in three major cities in Australia. And I just think it's fantastic for our young kids up and coming to actually get to see these top line players straight away for four or five weeks of the Australian summer. Hewitt's Australia will play in Brisbane in Group F alongside Germany, Canada and Greece. The home team is made up of Alex Duminor, Nick Kyrgios, John Piers, Chris Guccione and finally John Millman, who's never shy of a word or two. And he told Lee Goodall that he's delighted to be playing in a place he knows so well. I think everyone's buzzing for it. I think they're excited, probably expecting the unknown a little bit because it is a totally new format. We're used to, the, they, they held actually the ATP 250 there for 10 years. And the Brisbane crowd, the Queensland fans actually love their tennis. That event is always really well supported. So I think that, I think any uh, introduction to get more fans involved something you know just out of the norm i think is is actually a a pretty cool innovation and i think it'll be really well received in brisbane historically 
They love their tennis there. They love the facility there. It's very accessible from the city. And uh, I think it'll be a, a really successful uh, event there in Brisbane. And historically, Australian tennis players love pulling on the green and gold, as you call it. And Australian crowds seem to love supporting Australian teams, not just in tennis, but across sport. So that's a nice mix. We love our tennis. We love our sport in Australia. And, you know, there's a reason, and I know uh, we're talking about the ATP Cup there, but there's a reason actually behind the scenes why uh, in more recent times that we've chosen Brisbane for Davis Cup to home ties is because that centre court creates a great atmosphere. We always normally fill it out. And uh, the players generally play pretty well there, the Australian players. We've seen Alex Dimonar, um, you know, play in a final there, a semi-final or a final. We've seen Nick Kyrgios lift the title there. We've actually even had a bit of double success with Thanasi Kokonakis and, and Jordan Thompson and John Piers. So uh, the boys from Australia, they really like playing on that surface, in that venue. And uh, the crowd really appreciate that. As you've mentioned before, it's a nice way to kick off the season. Really is. Uh, it's it's one of the real you know perks to to be able to play in your own backyard in Australia. It's and obviously for me, I'm perhaps slightly biased, but being a Brisbaneite, I I do really appreciate that. But I think it's the ideal preparation. Uh, the court speed, the court surface is very similar, perhaps slightly more humid in Brisbane than it will be down in Melbourne. But I think the players really appreciate getting there nice and early and, and getting used to those Australian conditions because we know it can be quite challenging, uh, the Australian summer. The, the, that January month can be, you know, make for some pretty tough conditions, especially down when the Australian Open approaches the best of five set tennis. Brisbane, one of three venues, of course, Brisbane, Sydney, Perth. And uh, what a nice bonus for you personally, as, you, as you've just mentioned, you're from Brisbane. So um, that will be a very special week, presumably. Yeah, and, I, and I've played many um, special matches uh, in the tournament there before. Obviously, the new look ATP Cup um, presents a, a, a different, um, unique opportunity. Like you touched on, to be able to play in your, in your home city, obviously, uh, I'm gunning for selection, but to be able to play in your home city, um, and especially in the green and gold colours, I think is is really special. It's a really nice opportunity for your supporters who have been there through thick and thin, who have you know encouraged you throughout your whole career when you're you know playing the junior tennis all the way up into into the men's game. Now it really gives them an opportunity to come out and, and get behind you. And um, you know I'm lucky that I get to do all my training out at tennis, and when I'm back home, and that's where that's the suburb where uh, Pat Rafter Arena um, resides, and and. Uh, there's a lot of familiarity about the place. For those listeners who don't know Australia, don't know the, the sort of geography, let's just go back a bit. Where, where do we find Brisbane? Where is it? Well, yeah, it's on the East Coast. And if you think about Australia, Brisbane is smack bang kind of in the middle of that East Coast. So it's Australia's third biggest city behind Sydney and Melbourne. And if you follow that coastline down, you'll hit Sydney, which is uh, you know our biggest city. Inland from Sydney is Canberra, our nation's capital. And if you follow that coastline down as Australia's peninsula starts to turn down the south there, that's where Melbourne resides. But it's a, it's a great city. It's, it's known for its uh, slightly tropic weather. So in Brisbane, you can get high temperatures, probably low 30 degrees. Humidity is normally quite high, 60, 70%. 
With that, every now and again comes those tropic thunderstorms in the afternoon, but that seems to clear pretty quickly. Uh, it creates uh, uh, the plain conditions there because of those, uh, it creates quite heavy conditions. So I find it, it's really nice for, for my uh, baseline type of game. You really feel as if you can really give the, cu- the ball a, a good covering, a really good smack at it, and it'll drop in. So I think it's, a, it's, it's a really well received by the players. They've seemed to really enjoy coming to Brisbane and, and, and playing. It's called, known as the River City Brisbane because the, the brown snake, as we call it, the Brisbane River, entwines its way through the city. And Tennyson's actually on the river. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Nice venue there for players and fans. I think it's a great venue. It's going to be interesting, obviously, the women's tournaments there at the same time as, as the ATP Cup. But I think the, for the fans, it's, it's, it's in a great location. Uh, it's on the train line, so you can catch the trains from the city, from the north and south through the city, come down to the tennis centre there. Pretty accessible. You've got to be careful when you're parking because the, the parking, I've picked up a few tickets actually. They really get you and, and uh, they don't miss you with the fines there. But I think that's what makes it a really nice venue for the spectators because it's not too hard to get to. It's quite accessible and it just makes the, you know, the, the trip a lot easier. Where the official hotels are, where the tennis players stay, they normally stay in South Bank, which is just south of the river and really nice location. The great thing about it is how close it is to the tennis center. Probably about 10 minutes commute there. Really easy for players. That's what you want. You want a nice, easy commute be able to do do your work, get back and uh, enjoy the city. And you were born and bred, so that's 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 where you started the sport. Born and bred. I'm a I'm a passionate Queenslander. Um, I copped a bit of stick actually. I did a a, a bit of a, the boys like to remind me. I, I did a bit of a, an advertising campaign for you know visit Queensland, visit Brisbane, um, but you know I wouldn't have it any other way. I love uh, being from that city. It's a very livable city. It hasn't perhaps got the hustle and bustle of, of some of the bigger cities, Sydney and Melbourne, but um, it's home for me. And I think that actually, create, for, the, for the teams that are playing in Brisbane, I think that's actually a really nice welcome for the players. Sometimes I, I find before the Grand Slams, you don't want that chaos of the, you know, the big cities, the long commutes to the courts. It's kind of nice to, to start off somewhere where you know, it's a little bit more laid back and, and you can kind of ease your way uh, into you know the following weeks when the pressure's you know right up for a tennis player. Let's just steer back to the tennis just just to finish. Um, the group that uh, you guys have been drawn in is uh, Group F, I believe. That's Canada, Greece, Germany, and yourselves. How do you see that group? I think it's a, I think it's a group of death. <laughs> I think uh, the exciting thing about the group is I think the the young flair that we're going to see there. Obviously, with Germany uh, led by Alexander Zverev, um, we all we, we all know uh, we all know the superlatives that are associated with him. Uh, he's one of the the big names in tennis, and um, many tout him to to go on to bigger and better things. Then we've got the Canadians who are so exciting, aren't they? With Dennis and Felix, I'm not even going to have a go at his <laughs> last name because I do not want to offend anyone. How exciting is that group? Uh, They'll be really strong uh, contenders, I think. Greece, led by Stefano Tsitsipas. In Australia, with such a, um, you, you know, we've got a lot of, of Greek heritage, um, you know, embedded in our culture. 
and we know how much they love supporting one of their own. And uh, Stefano Sitsipas is going to lead that team and create some really nice number one matchups there. And then the Australians, we can't forget the Australians, uh, spearheaded by Alex Dimonoa and Nick Kyrgios. Uh, I mean, how good's that? Thank you, John. Uh, what a sell. What a sell of Brisbane, your home city, and the tournament. We even had some parking advice. We've had it all. Yeah, watch your watch out because they get you. Please, if you're coming to, to Brisbane, uh, catch the public transport. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. Um, all the best. Good luck when it all kicks off on January the 3rd. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Australia's first match on the 3rd of January will be against Germany, captained by none other than Boris Becker. Well, first of all, I'm uh, honoured and humbled that... Uh, our number one, Sasha Zverev, asked me a while ago to captain the German team for the ATP Cup. Um, it's a big responsibility, you know, to to guide uh, him and Struff and, and Kravitz and Mies, you know, through the week. Um, we have a tough draw. We have a tough group. We're starting against Australia. Uh, it doesn't get really tougher than that. But we have a history with Diminot and Kyrgios, and, and we're looking forward to the challenge. It feels like maybe Germany has one of the strongest lineups that we'll see at ATP Cup. We have a good team. You know, we, we have players that uh, love to represent the country. I think that's the key. They thrive in team competition. Uh, they play their best when they play for Germany. And that makes the captain's uh, role easier. But uh, ne- nevertheless, uh, you have to organize it. You have to you know, um, listen to their needs and, and, and make sure that they are able to play their best tennis. Boris, you've had your Davis Cup role, of course, as captain there, but what is your approach? How do you usually like to be on the bench and what sort of words of wisdom or, or what sort of approach do you take overall with these guys, especially when you have the talent that Germany does have? Uh, every player needs something different, but I'm, uh, I'm an emotional guy. I'm vocal. If somebody hits a double fault, uh, I'm not going to tell him I like it. Uh, obviously, if he has a good shot or even he wins I give him the high fives um, so I'm very hands on and involved again not every player likes that so I have to wait and see a little bit how it develops How have you experienced watching Zverev from you know your close perspective this year Boris because it really has been a roller coaster and the fact that he worked his way to London was quite impressive well, First of all the fact that uh, for a, an, an average year for his standard he's still qualified as the number 7 player just speaks for the quality he has. Uh, I think that's his biggest achievement, that he's still one of the best players in the world. No, he didn't win. But we shouldn't forget he's 22 years young. He's still a lot of years ahead of him. Uh, he came through the earliest from all the the, the, the younger generations and he, he made his mark, especially last year, uh, to sustain that and to, to um, um, play again with that quality is very difficult. Uh, he had some off-court issues with management and, and change of coaching, and that doesn't help help a young player. But uh, I think that the dust has settled. I think he's he's uh, established himself again as one of the premier uh, players, and I'm sure he can't wait for next year. Nick McCarville speaking with Boris Becker, and fans in Brisbane will have plenty more to shout about too, with Group A comprising Novak Djokovic's Serbia, France, South Africa and Chile. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Available on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and ATPTour.com. In Western Australia, Perth hosts Group B with Spain, Japan, Georgia and Uruguay. And also Group D, boasting Russia, Italy, the USA and Norway. The great Marat Safin is captaining the Russians and he was looking forward to it when he spoke 
with Chris Bowers. Good to be back after 10 years uh, and uh, good to come back in a new emploi. Uh, never experienced to be a captain, so now we have a great team. It gives me a little bit of pressure because I need to be at the same level as the guys and hopefully I can help them to, to win. Looking forward to win only. It's going to be a, a great Russian team. Have you followed them? Have you chatted a lot to them? Well, uh, I know more uh, Khachanov and uh, Daniel I saw a couple of times. He looks a very nice guy. Well, now we'll have enough time to know each other. But I think it's a great team. They are friends. Uh, they are very good friends between them. And it's which is uh, which is comfort makes it uh, the situation the atmosphere more comfortable in the team. So I think it's it's a good um, good thing. And how are you going to be sitting on a bench, being nice and calm, and then giving them input at changes of ends? Different role for you. Well, I have to be careful because everybody has their own coach, and uh, I don't want to don't want to get interfered in, uh, in their process. And that's why I would like to speak before with the uh, with the private coaches. We'll speak with the guys how they want to play it and how they want what they need from me, and just to make the make the shape of uh, my you know the, some barriers or some just some limits so I don't uh, I don't overpass or whatever they need I'll, I'll be there anyway just but very important not to get too interfered in the with the with the private coaches in your many years playing for Russia you had the uh, figure of Shamil Tarpishev big figure in Russian tennis and politics on the bench for Russia what did you learn from him about being a captain well, uh, he's a great politician. I learned a lot to how to uh, manage the team and manage not only the team, manage federation and manage uh, when he was in old days and when he was a part of the uh, of the system and uh, he was a top five guys, influence guys in Russia. So you can learn a lot from him and uh, hopefully uh, I don't want to go in his direction. I would like to have my own direction. But for sure, some things, yes. Uh, just uh, politically, to be co- politically correct with all of these players, it's very important because uh, you have to be careful with the words, you have to be careful with the movements. So that's why just first few days going to be uh, touch each other to see uh, what's what they like and uh, how they want to work. And you're looking forward to getting back with the Russian team in January. Yes, I am, and also to see the to see the old guys uh, with who I played before, and uh, see the new guys how they play, so I get to know them better, and to hang out with them, just having a good time, and uh, hopefully we're gonna they're gonna win with our team. I think my team is the best. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio podcast. The final host city, along with Brisbane and Perth, is sensational Sydney with groups C and E. In Group C, Bulgaria, Moldova and Belgium line up with Great Britain, who will be captained by Tim Henman. Really excited about it. Um, and if anything, it, uh, it was a little unexpected. Um, the scenario of the number one player is able to, to choose the captain. Andy Murray uh, messaged me weeks ago and, and said, how about it? And, and it really wasn't something that was on my radar. And, and uh, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was inclined to, to get involved. How did that conversation with Andy go? Just replay it for us. Well, he just he just messaged me and said, uh, you know, sort of fairly jokingly said, uh, you know, ATP Cup looking for a captain. Are you interested? And uh, and then you know it, it, it's for a number of different reasons, but I think one of the main reasons was um, was that it was him, and and he's had um, you know a huge impact on 
um, British tennis as, as well as the world game. Um, he's someone that I've had a great relationship for, for a long, long time. And, and uh, you know, he's not going to be around forever. And, and if I was going to do something like this, I, I would, you know, want to, to do it with him involved and, and then look at the whole event. I think it's a very, very exciting concept. Um, the Australian summer leading into the Australian Open, three great cities, you know, 24 teams. And, uh, you know, delighted uh, the way the draws come out to be in Sydney. I want to get on to Sydney because I know it's special to you. But just on Andy quickly, what kind of boost does that give, not just to British tennis, but to tennis in, in general to have him back? Well, I, th- I think it's been an incredible story. Um, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's been a story that's sort of gone beyond tennis because, um, you know, lots of people have had new hips and, and uh, they've been a great success, but not at the age of 32 when you're trying to play professional sport. And, and uh, you know, when, when we reflect, it was only January, he's in tears in the, in the press conference in Melbourne. And, and I think for the vast majority of people, they felt that this was, this was the end of the road. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a very, very sad time. But then, you know, to see his progress after having the, the hip resurfacing and, and uh, you know, I hit with him at Wimbledon probably in, in May and, and he was just in one corner but was hitting the ball great but not moving. And, and then to, to watch his progress, to get onto the, the doubles court at Queen's and, and win the tournament was, I think, a huge boost to his, um, his spirits and, and his confidence. And then, you know, to get back pretty gingerly onto the singles court and, and, and build the bro- progress, build his strength, his speed... And, you know, nine months later, he's, he's winning, you know, an event on, on the main tour in Antwerp. So it's an incredible achievement. And, and I still think he, he can get a lot better. Talking about Sydney, because I know it holds special memories for you as well. Mm, yeah, that's right. It was where I won my uh, um, first title, uh, 1997 against Carlos Moyer. And, and uh, it was, again, it was very unexpected. I'd, I'd made my, my first final the week before in Doha. I'd sort of left on the Sunday night, having lost to Jim Courier. I arrived on, on Tuesday morning in, into Sydney and had to play Tuesday night uh, against Renzo Furlan, I think he was top 20 player then, and, and sort of very little expectation because I felt like I'd uh, you know, got a lot of matches, had the Australian Open to look forward to, so was, was, was tired, was very jet-lagged, um, but very relaxed, and, and uh, I sort of you know, went for broke in that match and, and played really well, came through it and uh, sort of maintained that, that attitude for the rest of the way and, and uh, came through some tight three-setters and, and uh, you know, then was playing Moya in the final. It was never going to be an easy match and, and, um, and beat him pretty comfortably. So Sydney's always going to hold special memories for me. And finally, Group E also looks very competitive with Croatia, Argentina and Poland taking on Dominic Team's Austria, who will be captained by another former world number one and clay court great. Thomas Muster. Well, I've done Davis Cup for a while, but um, obviously not with the quality of uh, players uh, that we got now. Um, we've got a great doubles team. We've got uh, Novak as a number two player, and then obviously Dominic as the dominant player of the Austrian team. Is uh, probably, especially the last six months, uh, has uh, made just another move forward in his game. Uh, you know, and um, the signs are all north at the moment so yeah um, great opportunity I'm very honoured that Dominic has picked me to uh, uh, captain the team uh, for, for the event and it's uh, something to really look forward uh, in the new season Obviously tennis had a real buzz when you were playing in Austria do you sense the same buzz now that Dominic is uh, at the top? Well it's got to the same level maybe even better um, I mean there's a 
very charming young guy that's playing well, most, uh, mostly liked uh, everywhere in the world. Um, he's working very hard every day to improve. It doesn't come easy to him, but he's got every shot in the world to, to, to be in the top three, maybe number one player in the world. He, he's got it all, you know, he's just got to put it together uh, over a one-year period. Um, and um, so I think, you know, if he keeps going like that, he keeps his uh, head down and focused on what he has to do, I think uh, we're going to see more of him. It's a format that is dominant on the leading player. So Dominic Team is the player who's got Austria into this and he's picked you as the captain. But how much is your role going to be to make the lower-ranked players, you mentioned Denis Novak, but others as well, feel that they are very much part of the same team? Well, Novak is on the, on the way to the top 100. Um, he's a great player. He's the same age. as the very good friends, uh, Dominic um, uh, and him. They, they, they've been practising heaps together. So... It would be great to see more of uh, of Dennis Novak, in, you know, maybe in the top 100, top 50. So they're probably, at least at the slams, they're the same event. And I, I think, um, yeah, he's uh, he's playing under under his potential. So our number two player, uh, I mean, he's maybe not uh, ranked so high, but he's got every opportunity to, to also beat some uh, really good guns. On iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and ATPTour.com. This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. As you'd expect with any new event, the ATP's Chief Player Officer, Ross Hutchins, has been heavily involved in the build-up and now can't wait to get it all going. It's a very exciting event for the ATP. And it was an idea where we wanted to try and create something for week one of the year and to try and start the tour off in a major way. We have a phenomenal finish of the year with next-gen ATP finals and and need to ATP finals. But we wanted to start the year where everyone's playing together at the same location, best players playing against each other for big rewards, big points, big money, big uh, stature on a big stage. In Australia, they have great venues. Uh, Working with the government of Sydney, also with Perth and Brisbane governments, it's fantastic. And the venues that that they're investing in, that we're supporting in such a big way to put a roof on the Sydney location, on the uh, Ken Rosewell Arena, is is a big investment and potentially to move into an even bigger stadium down in the heart of Sydney in the future, which is an exciting possibility potentially going forward in years to come. Also, the Perth location is a 14,000-seater stadium with a retractable roof, and the Brisbane also has a roof that we've seen amazing matches from the Brisbane International ATP event in the past. That event is uh, a joy to work on, I would be honest to saying. Working with Tennis Australia, they're a phenomenal organisation who who have... um, so much ambition to, to grow the sport with us. They do an amazing Australian Open, as all the Grand Slams do great events. Australia does a phenomenal event themselves. And we're working hand in hand with them on this event. We are looking at team competitions as 24 teams, major event, major coverage around every country in the world is taking this internationally. All the fans are talking about it. We've already put a schedule out there between the best players in the world playing against each other. We had almost 30 of the top 30 committing to this event at the, at the first deadline. And now we've got even more commitment going forward with even more players. So everyone's playing. Unfortunately, we've had a couple of in- withdrawals and injuries, but that's part of our sport. We've got such a strong depth in our sport that in the end, the sport will, will move forward with a, a phenomenal event. And we're going to showcase team and, and camaraderie, competition, uh, really patriotic matches, the best players in the world playing in, in exciting formats. We're going to have sold out stadiums. Data analytics, again, we're pushing even more forward for the first time in an event that offers ATP ranking points. NextGen doesn't offer ranking points, but it's obviously a big stage. But we're offering um, 
big push towards data analytics. We're having, going to have on-court live analytics from the team zone and, and from the area on the side of the court where the, the teams and the coaches are going to be. We're going to have strategy rooms at each location at the facilities where they're going to analyze all sorts of data from what players can see so they can prepare well in their days off for the following day. We're going to offer practice matches. We're going to offer really advanced things for singles players, for doubles players and for everyone on site. So it's an event which we're pushing the, the, the needle in, a, in quite a big way. We're going to start the year off in, in a, with a bang. We're going to start the year off with a huge event in Australia with, with great partners and it's going to showcase 2020 moving forward and I can tell you every player is very excited for this and, and my phone has been lighting up the last few days just with the players asking about some of them are even on honeymoons and holidays in, in safaris and I'm getting messages from them saying when shall I get to ATP Cup uh, when's sites opening and, and when are we going to be welcoming them and we're going to be welcoming them from early in, in the uh, or late in this year but certainly early in the new year and the event kicks off on the 3rd of January we're very excited Some countries are very strong so their fifth player might be 40 in the world. What happens if they don't play singles because then there's potential that they might be underprepared going to the Australian Open? Well, there's an alternative tour event, uh, Doha ATP 250, which is a fantastic event and, and won many of our, of our best tournament of the year for the 250 category in the past. Uh, that's also in week one. So a player has the opportunity to play Doha ATP 250 so that's great if they want want to play matches or earn points or earn prize money from that tournament so there's always an alternative and there's also three challenger tournaments that week where players can play so not getting matches will not be an issue every player can get matches if a player is number three four or five as you mentioned and they could be forward in the world we're putting on official practice matches for them to play for so actually full officiating full scoreboard full line judges uh, full ball, ball boys and girls in front of crowds so ultimately that's an important piece where if a player wants to go there and be part of this huge event arguably one of the biggest events in our sports but is slightly concerned about the match practice because it's it's before Adelaide and Auckland and for them it's obviously before Australian Open two weeks before which is the prime week for for preparing for that event we're making sure that we have all angles covered both competitively inside and outside Australia in that week prior to Australian Open. Ross Hutchins talking there with Barry Cowan. And that is it for our big build-up to the ATP Cup, which gets underway on Friday the 3rd of January, the first of six days of group action before the knockouts start on Thursday the 9th. And don't forget, you can watch the event live on Tennis TV. You can get all the latest results, news and views on atptour.com and on the new ATP Tour app, which is now available as a free download in the App Store. Join us next week when we'll look back on the first few days of the brand new ATP Cup. You've been listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. If you like this podcast, please search the iTunes Store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review. Review.